Welcome to Player One on Sin. We have what's promising to be a very, very fun show tonight. However, before we get started, I do feel like we should read off uh, the helplines that are available because tonight's episode will deal with possibly triggering topics later on. Also, on top of that, lockdown has been difficult. So if you or anyone you know feels like they may need help or someone to talk to, please feel free to call Beyond Blue at 1300-224-636 or Kids Helpline at 1800-55-1800. But, of course, as I said, we're going to have a fun show tonight for the most part. Tonight, I'm joined by some lovely, lovely people. I have Connor. Yo, I'm here. We have Nathan. Yo. And we have Tom. You must excuse me. I have been distracted patting my little hound, but I'm here too. That is that is great. That is great. And and before we even start, I just want to hype up. You know, check us out in the socials because we've got some amazing things coming up. You can check out those socials at Player One Sin on Twitter and Instagram, Player One on YouTube, Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify to hear all sorts. And you know, I'm going to give you a little hint about an interview that we recently had finished and is just being edited up now for you to listen to. And that's an interview with uh, the one and only Howard Scott Warshaw. Uh, but that will be seen very soon. Uh, but before we can get to anything like that, we're going to go into our first song of the night. And it is Satellite. Everybody else by ROT TV is a song that you just heard. And that's part of Since Sweet 16. If you like that song, you can find it and a lot of songs like it on sin.org.au, part of Since Sweet Sunday Sweeps. <laughs> Sweet 16. Wow. This week, guys, some great stuff. You're here with me. My name's Tom. We're on Player One. And we got some news for you, right? This week in video game news, Good Boy Galaxy, the first game made for the Game Boy Advance in 13 years. Whoa. <laughs> Completely kickstarted in eight hours, raising over $100,000. What? Um, eight yeah, hours. That's crazy. Oh hey, my- any <laughs> excuse to get a new game for my Game Boy Advance? Yeah, I any mean, the Game Boy Advance. to make the Game Boy Advance relevant, please. Great system. I loved it. It was my first handheld. Uh, you know what? I, I don't mind. If we could, uh, wow, does it run on all? Yeah, all Game Boys fit in with the, wow. I'm just like, whoa. Wait, so- Eight hours. Wait, so does is it like is it going to be made on a proper Game Boy cartridge or a Game Boy Advance cartridge? Uh, Boy I, Advance I would cartridge. assume Game Boy Advance. Then it, yeah. it wouldn't work on the. Um, oh, no, 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 I was thinking about the mini and the. Uh, micro. Oh, yeah. the micro, the micro. micro yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, That'd be yeah. great. Wow, that is exciting. I mean, maybe some life back into the Game Boy Advance. Maybe not, but some actual life coming back. Saints Row is being rebooted. The Saints Row reboot will be. I'm excited. More like yeah, Saints I love Saints Row. I, I love um, Saints Row. I don't know if I do. Oh, no, I'm, I'm split on it. I think, I think we'll talk about it uh, we will next yeah. week and this week because I this is a topic that I'd love to explore more, but definitely on a surface level, it's exciting to see it come back. Now, less exciting. China has set a three-hour weekly video game limit for children. Those under the age of 18 will only be allowed to play from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, as well as public holidays. 
This move is an attempt to combat gaming addictions in China. Hmm. Um, I think. I think I, I don't know. This I, is an I, interesting one because, and I, uh, sorry to cut you off there, Tom, but no, of course, go um, right ahead. Obviously, gaming addiction in China is very different to what it is here, and it's seen very, very differently. Uh, I admittedly don't know everything about it, but I would say if it's as bad as what I've heard it is from different sources, um, maybe some form of restrictions is good. I admittedly don't know about this heavy. Mm. Um, maybe uh, the- like a change of education around video games or like a change of culture in gaming is what's necessary rather than like a hard like set bars on the rules but as well i mean china makes up a large majority of the market for a lot of video games uh, i wonder how many of them are children under the age of 18 and how that's going to impact definitely, the economic definitely. of video yeah. games going forward but also it, it might mean less of us are getting killed by chinese players in video games <laughs> i mean yeah uh statistically I mean- speaking mathematically yeah that is correct that that you'd have to assume Chinese made games, for example, Genshin Impact might completely change uh, how they deal with events to better circulate within their own market. Yeah, as well as how like uh, games work around slow, like slow place mobile games where you have to wait to come back. Mm. Okay, um, we also have Cat Dog and April O'Neil. That's right, some fantastic characters from our childhood. They'll be returning. Uh, to Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl roster. Like, so they'll be available in the, the Nickelodeon Smash-like that we're going to be getting. I love the fact that we're getting um, releases almost periodically as if it was Smash. I love that kind of thing. I want more of this. Give me I a mean, Smash Bros trailer with Cat Of course, Dog. April O'Neil because the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in Mortal Kombat. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, injustice, injustice, injustice two. Right. They're in Mortal, uh, they're not in Mortal Kombat, but yeah, injustice two. They're in. So that's like a weird conflict of properties. Maybe there might be some licensing issues there. Mm, definitely fascinating. But as well, we'll have to wait and see. Super excited for that. Are they cell shaded? Uh, by the look of it, yes. Perfect. That's what I really need. But as well, maybe you need something else. Maybe Craid, uh, who has made an appearance in the new released images of Metroid Dread. I don't know who Crate is. Big boss. He's from, the dragon. Big boss is, from is a he? lot of the games. Um, not my favorite boss, but a me- one of the more memorable uh, returning bosses. Okay, okay, okay. Overwatch is going to rename its McCree following the Activision Blizzard lawsuit, which honestly is feels like a long time coming. Start of this Blizzard Activision lawsuit, McCree's name change was something that was brought up rather quickly, and only now we've heard Blizzard officially say that they're going to to change mm. that which interesting yeah. timing but i think we'll get to that a little bit later on too niantic has given into pokemon go fans and of placing pandemic appropriate contact back so what happened was niantic's like okay guys we helped you out during the pandemic some of you were easing restrictions well we'll just take away the fun stuff that we gave you before and then a lot of issues came up where people in canada close to the american border were like losing their benefits even though they were still in lockdown New Zealand, after coming straight out of lockdown, lost their benefits and then went almost right back in. And it took a little while for Pokemon Go to get that buff. But you know what? It's it's nice to see that Niantic's trying to keep up on the ball, keep their players happy. Speaking of happy players, Call of Duty banned 100,000 accounts in a single day. Finally, that's uh, I know Warzone players have been really hoping for this ban to come out and hopefully we see more like it. 
As well, so Hor- why were they banned? Cheating. Oh, cheating. Okay. Horizon Forbidden West arrives February eighteenth, twenty twenty-two, and as well another game. I think people are a little excited for Halo Infinite is coming out on December eighth. Speaking of new releases. Connor, I think you have a little way with new releases. How about you? Take oh, as always, I've chugged about 3,000 Red Bulls and I'm ready to go. Coming up, it's got Chernobyl coming to PS4 and Xbox One September 7th. <laughs> <laughs> it's Red Bull Connor. That's my gimmick. Do not chug multiple Red Bulls like that. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Moving on, too, too late. I've already done it. Starting over again because I can. We've got Chernobyl coming on PS4 and Xbox One September 7th. In case coming to PC September 7th. Fist, F-I-S-T, forged in Shadow Torch. What a, what a cool bro name for a game coming on PS5 and PS4 September 7th. Sonic Colors Ultimate coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC September 7th. Blood Rain Betrayal, Fresh Bites coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC September 9th. The Upload Escape coming to Xbox One and PC September 9th. Eat a Tale of Love coming to PS4 and Xbox One September 10th. Kraken Academy coming to PC September 10th. September 10th. Life is Strange True Colors coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch has been delayed. Holy crap, get that stadia bell going. Coming on September 10th. And as well, Lost in Random coming to PS4 and Xbox One and PC September 10th. NBA 2K22, who's ready for loot box simulator, the game, coming <laughs> to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC September 10th. Port Royale 4 coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Tales of Arise coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC September 10th. And finally, the most exciting game Game because of course it is WarioWare get it together coming to Switch September 10th I love me some WarioWare and Nathan if there's anything I love more than WarioWare it's our next song yes our next song is Fall on Sin you just heard Uptight by Skydeck for our, part of our Sweet 16 you can check that out every single week at sin.org.au or on Sunday at noon at on the Sunday Sweet show tell them we said hi but, of course, we're going to go into our playlist, and uh, it's the question we ask each other every single week. What have we been playing? And uh, I think I'll start um, with Minecraft. I, I, got, I got a little bit lucky, and one of my friends started up a realm, um, and I finally have a PC that can actually run Minecraft. Um, so it was nice to jump back in and play Minecraft uh, with people um, online. It, it it's a much better experience online. It's also just a really good game to chill out and vibe with. So, yeah, I, if, look, I, there's a re- resurgence in Minecraft every week at this point. But go check it out. Go have a bit of fun. You know, get some friends together. It's a good time. And, Connor, what have you been playing? Well, that's a great question, Jacob. And, as always, I have been playing my fair share of interactive entertainment, uh, starting off... With, of course, uh, Apex Legends. I love me some Apex. I can't get enough of it. I have been playing too much of it. I've been getting, a, been getting my, my ass just absolutely destroyed by players who are at like level 200 or level 100. And I'm like, I can't contest with this. So I am trying to get better and better at the game. Um, Bangalore, my main, she's awesome. Her abilities, her ultimates sometimes not great but I still love it. Um, in the meantime as well, I have been, I've been replaying rather uh, Katamari Damacy re-roll. Um, I love me some Katamari. So um, any chance I got to jump back into this, absolutely. And I guess to round it all off, um, 
been playing some Wolfenstein The New Order, uh, playing through that again, um, just on the part of Xbox Game Pass, just because why not? I love me some Wolfenstein. I uh, want to try and finish all the new Wolfenstein games since uh, since the reboot back in 2014. So I've been playing through that. I've been playing through that. Tom, tell me what y'all been playing. So I've been playing recently some Skyrim, but I, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for being alone. I don't like it. I hate it. That's not really what a sucker means, but I misuse the word. And I have been playing Skyrim together. Uh, it's a mod that was made, I think, three years ago, started development, and it's a multiplayer Skyrim mod where you play and you hang out with your friends. And my friends and I have been really missing out on playing some D&D. So instead of playing Dungeons and Dragons online, we just hop into Skyrim and do role-playing there. And we talk to each other. And we act like dumbasses and chase each other around with axes. And it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's not really traditional Skyrim experience. Uh, it's buggy as all heck. And like, it, it's just chaos and you know what i think that's the kind of fun i need during lockdown something a bit irregular as well i have been keeping it a bit regular at night i tuck myself into bed and i turn on the playstation and i play some spider-man miles morales for the playstation 5 and it looks beautiful and it's snowy in new york and you just fly around as spider-man who couldn't love that i mean maybe nathan doesn't love that maybe nathan loves a different game that he's been playing um so i've still been playing um satisfactory and dyson sphere program but I also uh, recently, like just today, started playing um, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for the first time. Wait, wait, hold up. Nathan, did you get a Switch? Uh, no, I'm borrowing my brother's Switch. Oh, you had me excited there for a second. <laughs> I, I wish I'd gotten a Switch, but uh, no, I am, I am. my brother is finally letting me use his Switch. So I'm, I was playing some uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and I'm up to the part where you're going to the shrines in the mountains with the, with the um, ice, with the, you know, the snow. And I'm like, I keep freezing to death. So I, I need to figure out how to not freeze to death. Um, yeah. And I also played a bit of um, Mario Kart as well. Yeah, that's what we've been playing. So um, now that we've finished saying what we've been playing, we'll go on to the next song. Oh, we it's do. Cool. I, I just want to ask: Does this does this mean there's a possibility of a Nathan-led uh, player uh, player one Breath of the Wild review coming in the near future? Because I would <laughs> definitely be curious. Um, I'm probably not going to finish the game for a long time, so probably not. I can provide a Breath of the Wild review if you really need me to. All right, we're going on to the next song uh, on player one on Sin, and that next song is "Woman to You" by Cheap Date here on player one on Sin and Breath of the Wild as well as. Tom, Connor, and Jacob. Um, right now, we're talking about the fact that Saints Row is being rebooted. I am so excited. I am so chuffed. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for this. I'm actually legitimately very excited for this as someone who really, who really loves the series. I've seen the trailer for the reboot, and I love where this is heading. Um, they're saying it's going for a more Saints Row three approach to things, which I both really enjoy and both kind of don't want it to go as someone who really loves uh, Saints Row 2 and the direction that it took where it had that really good balance of the silly nature of the Saints Row series, which at the time stood apart from GTA, especially around GTA 4, which was a more serious game, to be honest. 
GTA 4 was a very serious game and Saints Row was that lesser alternative but still a really good game. Um, it had that great balance of silliness and also those moments where it was a very serious game when you uh, took out each individual gang members of the game and the gang leaders. So judging by this, I hope they do make a return to that because Saints Row 4 was less of a gang warfare game and more of a just a, hey, aliens are invading the world, you know, silly stuff. I hope well, that we get I- Saints Row going back to the gang-related uh, theme as it was initially made back in, I think, 2005, 2006. Um. Personally, I like the more silly kind of stuff. Like, I, you know, I have enough serious stuff, like, when I play Grand Theft Auto. Like, I just want to go around being being silly and just just having fun. Like, it's um, not that it can't be silly. I just think that I don't want it to stray to the point where it's overly silly, like Saints Row 4 did. Um, and to an extent very much so Saints Row 3 because um, Saints Row 3 really leaned. um, It had that gang warfare element to it, but it also carried that. silly than anything else. Exactly. Like you had, let's just put up a big old uh, content warning here, just um, a a gimp chariots. I mean, the game opened with um, a slider that could change um the genitalia sizes organ yeah genitalia sizes i feel like to a lot of people that's what saints row is it's the naughty's walmart version of gta still and i'll be completely honest the game to me was first really discovered with saints row 3 and to me it was always oh this is this is gta that was free for a week and everyone has it um, this is the GTA that wants to be something different, but doesn't seem to know how to. See, I highly mm. disagree. I... I actually really highly disagree with this because I argue now, obviously I'm going to be referencing Saints Row 2 here because um, I think Saints Row 2 was the best game in the series in terms of story and that great balance. Saints Row did really set apart from GTA 4 in the structure and in terms of the the gang warfare elements where everyone was so you every character that you encountered every gang was so different and so unique and that's how it set it apart from gta yes you had the open world and very similar um main and side missions but as well they put in other things to really um make it a more make it different from GTA, like obviously the extreme silly stuff, but also really weird mini games. Like we had an MMA fighting mini game back in 2008, which was very different to, and very new. The, the thing with Saints Row, and I'll, I'll throw to Tom in just a second here, but Saints Row 3 was a success, was very much a successful game for the company and the Agreed. franchise, um, almost doubling the sales of Saints Row 2. And part of that was because of when it released, where it released. To me, at least, it was a staple of everybody's Xbox 360 lineup. Um, and that's what people remember it for. Is it's going to be like Saints Row 3 because people are going to look at it and go, I remember playing that back in the day. Saints Row 2, yes, it may be better, but I don't see it 
really taking much from that because Saints Row is known for the silliness, is known for the fun, and they need to either dive into that completely or they need to completely change everything, in my mind, to set themselves apart from what is, I'll be completely honest, a much better franchise with consistently much better games in GTA. And Tom, I've seen you wanted to jump in a little bit here uh, as we end this uh, little talk. But um, Look, you said before, Jacob, great line. Uh, you said it's like the Walmart GTA is honestly what it feels like as well. Every time I play it, I pick it up. I'm like, you know, it's not as smooth. It, uh, like the gunplay doesn't feel like it holds up as well. Driving, it feels like it's just like it feels like to me the era of like 2000s movies spoof spoof movies it feels like a spoof movie they tried to make into a game and i'm like i don't like spoof movies you know they're kind of funny i guess a bit like they have some funny references every now and then and that's what kind of saints row always felt like to me it's just i don't i'm not out here to play a whole spoof movie for like 30 hours or something or whatever a full story length but you know what i could listen to for hours i know that's right I'm scrolling to find where the song that's coming up next is. I can listen to Soft by Motionless in White. And coincidentally, it's also the song coming up next. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't really want to listen to that forever. Well, that's okay, because Pushing Daisies by Lover is coming up after that. And that's part of Sin Suite 16 as well. Part of Sin is Player One. And that's us. Hi, my name is Jacob. You may know me as Player One's executive producer, or you may know me as that one guy who knows Pokemon a little bit too well. I recently decided I was going to test that knowledge and really throw myself in the deep end and do a Nuzlocke and keep people up to date on how I do and the story behind it. Now, I'm sure you guys are wondering, what is a Nuzlocke? Simple. It's Pokemon, but hard. A couple simple rules completely change how you approach and play the game. What are those rules? Well, rule number one. If Pokemon faints, it is considered dead and must be released. That thing is buried, gone, goodbye, my friend. Number two, all Pokemon must be nicknamed. This makes you more attached to each Pokemon you catch. Just think about it. Losing Geodude the Geodude doesn't hurt as much as losing Craig the Geodude. Rule number three, you can only catch the first Pokemon on each route. So if you find some magical rare special golden ticket Pokemon, but before that you found some boring pink cat. Well, too bad. Number four. If you lose, it means you lose. It means that you suck. It means that you were a loser, and it means that people will laugh at you. And rule number five, just because I decided to make it harder on myself, I'm not going to be using any items in battle, just like they do in the Pokemon anime, because I wanted to be stupid. Well, Without further ado, here is my adventure. After Watson had pretty much, not wiped us, but had done a lot of damage to us, we found ourselves in a pretty bad place. However, we continued on and we headed towards the volcano of Hoenn. Now, on our way up there, we found a Nummel that we named Eeyore. We found in the fiery path 
a Torkoal that we named Smoky, and then we moved a little bit further up to uh, a route that was filled with smoke and ash and soot, and we found a Slugma. Now we called that one Turbo. We continued on, we got to a brand new town, we healed up, we did a bit of training, and we headed forward. Now, in the next set of grass, we found ourselves a Swablu, who I had to ask around to see what I could call this Swablu, and I asked my sister. She decided we're going to call it Sephiroth, after, you know, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy. So, yeah, Sephiroth is now part of the team. After this, we headed into Meteor Falls, where we caught ourselves a brand new Zubat. And I'll explain that. Zubat is great. That's why I decided to catch a second one, because it evolves very, very early. And if you make it friendly with you, you can get Crobat very, very easily. And Crobat is, it's not amazing, but it's pretty bloody good. And our options in Meteor Falls weren't exactly vast. While in Meteor Falls, we found our good friends, the Pirates, arguing with some scientists, I think, in red. They called themselves Team Magma, and the Pirates and Team Magma had a bit of an argument. We walked in, they walked out, we talked to a scientist and apparently saved him? I'm not really sure what happened there. He told us to head up to the volcano, and we did so. When we got up there, we found the Pirates and the scientists fighting. And I'll be real, I was a little confused because, like, we're friends with neither of them. Who do we side with? Apparently, we sided with the pirates. We went through and knocked out every Pokemon that we could that was owned by the scientist, even taking out their boss for the moment. We'll get to him later on. Once that was done, he ran away, batting something about the expansion of the Earth or something like that. And we made our way down the mountain via a brand new path called the Jagged Pass. Down there, we managed to find a Marchop. I caught the Marchop, brought Chad the Marchop into the team. Continuing forward a little bit, we managed to get to a town called Lava Ridge Town. Now, this town is pretty small, but it's got one pretty cool thing in it, uh, apart from a gym, that is, and that's the Hot Springs. I decided to talk to some of the older folk at the Hot Springs, and one of them handed me an egg. And I thought to myself, well, why don't we hatch this egg? Why don't we see what's inside? And I did, and we managed to get ourselves Lips, the why not? And if I ever evolve the why not, it'll make sense why I called it Lips. But, you know, you'll see that when it happens. Now, with our team set up, we're looking a hell of a lot better than we did at the end of Watson or at the end of Brawly. But I knew that we weren't out of the woods just yet. Of course, we did have to beat the gym. That meant beating Flannery, the fire-type gym leader of the region. Now, I'll be real, I wasn't as confident here. I know that Flannery's um, Torkoal can be a bit of a worry. I know she has a camera up in Emerald, and I wasn't sure whether or not that new magnitude yet. I went into the gym somewhat more confident than I had before. Our team consisting of Wine the Gyarados, Eeyore the Nummel, Turbo the Slugma, Zingerbox, my Combuskin, Chad, the Marchoke, and Smokey, the Torkoal. We managed to get through the gym with very, very little trouble. Then we got to Flannery. Now, I sent out Wine first, who managed to Dragon Rage through the first two Pokemon on the team, and even do so to the big old camera up that I was scared of. Now, my mindset going into the fight with the Torkoal was pretty simple. I have a Torkoal as well. Torkoal v Torkoal. We'll see which Torkoal is the best Torkoal. Now, what happened was pretty annoying. Smokey went out. Smokey didn't really do much, but got knocked out pretty quickly. However, it was useful because that means that the other Torkoal had used Overheat. And for those who don't know, Overheat 
actually lowers your stats after you used it. And yes, Flannery's Torkoal has a white herb, which means the first time it uses overheat, it doesn't really get affected by that. However, popping the white herb was pretty useful. After this, I sent in Slugma, our Turbo. Turbo the Slugma, you know, fast old slow snail. And same thing kind of happened there. Turbo took a bit of a beating and, well, did what we wanted him to. He took out the stats. Now, after this, we swapped back and forth between Pokemon. And we were able to, without much effort, actually take out Flannery. And to be honest, I'm looking at our team right now. And I'm pretty confident about moving forward our next gym yeah it's it's a bit of a difficult one uh norman our dad is one of the tougher gym leaders in the region especially if you're not prepared and there's not really much opportunity to get much to fill the team with but with what we got wine our garados eeyore our namel zingerbox our combuskin and chad our machoke as well as sephiroth and drac our zubat i felt fairly confident moving forward but see how i do next week and to see how far this journey really goes, because I'll be real, I didn't think we'd even get this far. Tune in next week on Player One. And what you just heard was Till the Sun Dies by Dress, the part of Sin's Sweet 16 playlist here on Sin. And before that, you heard Volcano Bake Meat. Uh, wow, what a name. I love that. Uh, by Insane the Rain Music. We love them here at Player One. And... You guys are tuning into the top of the hour. So what do we do? We plug our stuff. As always, if you want to check us out in the social medias, go check us out at Instagram and Twitter at Player1Sin. And as well in the podcast realm, we're going to be going on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Omni. I cannot highly recommend the Howard Scott Warshaw interview coming up. Uh, for those who may not know the name, they'll definitely know his games. This is the man who created in five weeks, ET for the Atari 2600. Um, such a fun interview. I got, I was lucky enough to take part in it. By all means, go check it out once it, once we, uh, once we release it to the world. So much fun. And unfortunately, to go on a much more sour note, we will have some very, uh, very triggering and very deep um, talks here. So um, be prepared. Um, there will be a lot of uh, very uh scarring discussions so once again if you are someone who is uh who may be struggling through this um first things first i'd advise if you if you are going to struggle through this just uh tune out for a little bit um just so you don't necessarily have to hear what is being said because we're going to very difficult topics um so as well uh if you are struggling give beyond blue a call at one 224 636 and as well, Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800. Now, going into our next song. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. That's right. You just heard an amazing song, and that song was Superstar. And that's uh, Superstar with a four instead of an A, a bit of elite speak there, um, by Heart Eyes, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every single week it's Sunday uh, on Sunday on the Sunday Sweets show. Uh, on Sunday at noon. And you can also check it out on sin.org.au where you can hear all sorts of great music and you may just find your new favourite song. But it is time for the fun segment, the segment that we all kind of look forward to every single week. It's our quiz. And tonight I'm going to be taking over. Eleni was not able to make it tonight. So I'm going to be taking all 10 questions and filling in a little bit as proxy for her. 
And guys, how are we feeling? Oh, are we confident at all? No. God, no. Like, here's the thing, Jacob. Knowing you, it'll be a Pokemon quiz again. So I, I didn't was, do the me. Pokemon quiz. Also, that was Tom. Oh, I that was you, Tom. Oh, I didn't even. I, I was... feel extremely confident. If there is anything that is me and that is also right now, it is confidence. Fair, fair. And just to run through the rules, in case this is your first time catching the quiz, how this works is I have 10 questions. I'll ask each one. And the first person I hear say their name as a buzzer will get the chance to answer. If they get the question right, they get a point. If they get it wrong, the question is passed on to the next person who buzzes in. And this continues until we have a winner. And the winner will write and host next week's quiz. But without further ado, let's jump into it. And question one, which character made their debut in the game Mario Sunshine? Oh, there's lots of characters. Connor? Connor. Was it Bowser Jr.? Yes, the main character oh. to make their debut was Bowser Jr. Oh wow! Okay, I wait, didn't... wait. What about what about that big old piranha plant? <laughs> what about piranha Petey Piranha? <laughs> mm-hmm. well, let, okay, let, let me make this. That's clear. What I Petey Piranha doesn't like... exist anymore. Nintendo has a bad habit of just pretending their characters don't exist. <laughs> but I mean, they're in, they're in Galaxy. Galaxy just came back out. So it's, as well, Sunshine just came back out. But that wasn't Petey Piranha. That was some baby. Anyway, we're going to push forward. I'm giving Connor that one. Uh, yes. Moving on. What was the GameCube's shape based Tom. on? Oh. Tom. Shape based on. So yes. <laughs> what is Yeah, you really got you off guard there, Tom. So <laughs> like, what's the game shape? shape? The shape of the shape. GameCube was designed after a particular thing. Okay, briefcase. Close, but no. Um I would not know this, but I'll chuck my hat into the ring. Um hmm. Was it so? So Tom said briefcase. Mm-hmm. So obviously because of the the handle on it. Um, was it inspired as a console that you can take anywhere? It was, but it was there's a specific item. Oh, okay. I, I will let you. I'll let you say it because you just pointed something out. If you have Shoot. any idea, like a toy chest. No, Nathan. Okay. I I have no idea. <laughs> So the GameCube's shape, including the handle, was based on a lunchbox. Oh! A simple idea, as as Connor said, was to bring it to a friend's house. The handle was meant to make it easy for carrying. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then also the cables and uh, the controllers. And yeah, the I know, right? And the games. They didn't remember that part. Um, moving on, though. Uh, how many Mario Party games were released for the GameCube? Connor. Connor. Okay, so. If I recall correctly, the N64 had three. Um, ooh, three or four. I'm going to say the GameCube had three. No. Oh, uh, Nathan. Four. Nathan. Four. Tom's on the money. Oh, Mario Party 8 was the four. first one for the Wii. And I distinctly remember an ad for it in a magazine where Mario is running along a shelf or something. And I was like, wow, this Mario is running on a shelf. Uh, yes. You know, so <laughs> kind of had half half the answer there because one, two, and three were on yep, the, N64. the N64, which is Four, how I five, knew, yep. six, and I just wasn't seven. Sh- yeah, I just wasn't sure when it f- came to the Wii. Oh, ah. Oh. Fair, fair, fair. 
in, in a guess, completely different question, moving on. What was the name of the wireless GameCube controller? Connor. Connor. The Wavebird. Correct. That's Connor with two, Tom with one. Nathan, yeah. still yet to hit the board. Um, what was the GameCube's development code name? Oh, I've heard it before. I've definitely heard it before. As a hint, this name has bled into a lot of the releases and has been referenced in many of them. Oh, Tom. Tom. Uh, Dolphin. Yes. Ah. Delfino Island is a completely Mm -hmm, reference mm -hmm, to it. mm -hmm, uh, Among many other As soon as you said that, I was like, Delfino Plaza. I don't know why that was there. Yeah, I... uh... I would, my my mind was saying Atlantis, but that's a completely different one. Ooh, I mean, you had the right water theme going. There's like a, there was like a controller release with a dolphin on it as well. I think around the time of release, because people were like, oh, it's going to be called the Nintendo Dolphin. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure on that one. But moving on to a question, I don't think anyone but Tom will get. What was the biggest difference between the GameCube and Wii versions of the uh, of the Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess, barring motion controls? Tom, Connor. okay. Oh, Tom, I know this. But I know this. Yeah, it was flipped. Uh, And it was because. Yeah, I was about to say that. Because of the motion controls, they wanted it because I knew most people were right handed. They were like, oh, Link's left handed, but we've got to. I was literally about to say that. Goddamn same thing. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Moving on. How many units, and of course, closest number to this, I will give the answer. How many units did the GameCube sell? Uh, Connor. Uh, Connor? Um, Okay, so it was. Uh, so the N64 sold 32. Um, I believe the GameCube sold 23 million units worldwide. Nathan? Uh, I'm going to go for around 30 million. Tom. Tom. I'm pretty sure it was more successful than the N64. I'm pretty sure the N64 was considered a bit of a flop, technically speaking. So I'm going to say 40 million. Connor is on the money. Uh, the GameCube sold 21.7 million. Oh, wow. Less than... it, it was a failure. Yeah, um, um, yeah. A lot of people, I believe at the time, because of the design and because of the name, really thought that, oh, this is just a kiddie machine. Um, but as well, the PS2 just was the most dominant. popular console ever. Yeah, it dominated the market. Yeah. Um, moving forward, there were two brand new first party franchises. And I want to make it clear, franchises with brand new characters only that debuted on the GameCube. Wait, so Nintendo? Connor. Tom. Connor. Okay. So one of them's got to be Pikmin. Yep. And I will put an asterisk next to one of them. Okay. An asterisk. Okay. So definitely the first one is Pikmin. That's for sure. I'm just hoping it messes up. That's all. My question, is, my question really is, did it? Start and end on the GameCube more than anything no, else. It okay. Neither of these games ended on the GameCube. They okay, that's uh, good. Both at least. have had releases on the Switch. Oh, okay, okay, fun. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Again, I would like to push that there is an asterisk next to one of the games. Okay, the Tom. I can't, I have to, I feel you like you I can go, Tom, Tom. You can yep. go for yeah. the second I'll, one. I we can split points. Animal Crossing because oh yeah, uh, the asterisk is because it's it sort came of on the like, N64 in Japan. It technically released okay, in cool. Japan yep. on the N64, but it was never. S- I was like properly officially released on in. Uh, I almost Japan said Chibi Robo. 
Oh my god, you put it in right as well. Switch, and I was like, okay, it has to be out on crossing. Oh, true. That's why <laughs> I said franchises because Chibi Robo unfortunately is it's three effectively games. dead. It is. Um, yeah. So can, is, can can me and Tom split the points on that one since we both got one? You know what? I will I will do that. So that's yeah. Tom with three and a half and Connor with two and a half, I believe. Um. Uh, I got dolphin. That one. I got the wave bird. The um. The first question. And the GameCube, um, the GameCube salt. Oh, okay. Then we're yep, so we are. So I think it's even yeah, with it's, three, it's and a half, three and a half. And it's Nathan not- is not on the board yet. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a Nintendo fanboy, okay? Well, this question is neither not am help I. You I watch an absurd amount of Scott the Walls, okay? Yes, that's exactly how I know all my GameCube knowledge. <laughs> well, this this one Scott the Walls won't be able to help you with, unfortunately. Oh, crap. What was the big mistake in Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn's translation? There uh, was a massive mistake. Connor? Connor. Um, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't know this just because I definitely don't like Fire Emblem. Uh, okay, as a hint, this, this mistake caused people to return the game in droves. It was a translation, okay. a translation error. <sighs> For them to return the... There's two ways this could go. One... It was either as like a goodwill thing or they did really done F up. I'm going to lead towards they really done F up. Um, did they, was there some sort of racial slur? No. Good. Thank God for that. Tom, Nathan. Um, Tom. It's hard to be specific obviously, right? With mistranslations. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm going to say like some sexually explicit content nope okay oh well. wow nathan um, <laughs> did they put a swear word in there no so this is gonna this is gonna be completely off guard to what you guys are thinking oh, they God. got the difficulty names wrong in fire emblem <laughs> difficulty runs from normal hard and then maddening in the english and western releases they changed it to easy normal and hard most players played the harder version of an already very difficult game and found it to be, understandably, way too difficult for an audience that was not familiar with Fire Emblem. Okay. So the... Uh, I was originally like, oh, maybe they, like, misgendered someone or, like, yeah, called I was a thinking couple, the, like, I was thinking they were really bad. Well, I was thinking the, yeah, the extreme. Like, <laughs> no. okay. Thank God I was wrong. Yep. And one last question, and I feel like it's a bit um, appropriate here. What year was the GameCube discontinued? Connor. Connor. Um, I am going to say, well, it had a, initially it had a lifespan. Actually, no, it was like a five-year lifespan, I believe. So I want to say there were still GameCube games being released um, even after um, 2006. That's what I want to believe. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say 2007. Ding, ding, ding. Right on the money. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> the GameCube was discontinued in 2007. Remember, the Wii released in 2006. Yeah. So they really didn't have a yep. use for it. Yeah. Um, as well, but, Twilight Princess was what I was trying to base my answer off of. And I was Twilight Princess was well. a very good call to base it yep. on. And, of course, the theme for this uh, quiz was the GameCube. And we have a winner with four and a half points. It was close. It is Connor. And yes. Connor, I'm, I'm excited to see your quiz next week. Oh but, yeah, I ha- listen. We're gonna dive into some very uncharted waters here 
for the next week's quiz. Okay, we're going to talk about C3D. Uncharted. Okay, I need to research. No, no, don't get your hopes up. You're not thinking Uncharted here because I've never played any of the games, but we're going to take Nathaniel a deep... Drake. We're going to take mm. a deep dive into my collection. Well, uh, we're going to do something that rhymes with deep dive, and we're going to oh. listen to a song called Survive. And what you just heard was Moonshine by Nagari from Sin's Sweet 16 playlist. Check him out, Sunday Sweets. 12 p.m. every Sunday afternoon. And before that, you heard Survive uh, by Down for Tomorrow. Uh, we accidentally forgot to uh, put up the language warning, but that's okay. Uh, just tuck the kids back into bed for this one because we will be diving into some very uh, heavy topics, which um, will include... Um, so firstly, trigger warning for this. Um, this will include... Um, Discussions of alleged rape, sexual sexual assault, sexual misconduct, discrimination, sexism, and more. So please do keep that in mind um, if you are listening. Um, if you are someone that is uh, can be discomforted, um, can be very uncomfortable by this sort of discussion, um, we have uh, Beyond Blue. Give them a call at one 224 636 and as well, Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800. So I think it goes without saying that what has been occurring at Activision Blizzard, not just within the past uh, months, month and a half, um, this has been going on for years now, and only recently has it been uh, really talked about to an extent. So... Uh, the state of California has uh, basically uh, put out a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard for uh, discrimination and sexual misconduct of employees. Um, previously, we have mentioned some of these uh, do include a very frat boy-like culture, um, sexually abusing women, and, of course, um, most, most concerning was a... Uh, former Activision Blizzard employee taking their own life at a company um, event. So this is how uh, discomforting this will be. And the state of California has uh, expanded its suit against uh, Activision Blizzard, who have been allegedly uh, shredding the company documents relating uh, to the investigations and complaints um, of course, Activision Blizzard have vehemently denied these allegations. Um, this all started uh, in June um, where it was reported that the state of California was putting a lawsuit against um, Activision Blizzard. It gained a lot of traction very quickly where um, PR members of Activision at first very much denied anything happening, um, but then it very quickly became to the point where um, the former Blizzard president, J. Allen Brack, who, um, who was also in the news uh, even a couple of years ago with a very uh, faint apology, and I'll use apology in a very loose term about um, Hearthstone players who got suspended um, for supporting Hong Kong. Um, he was stood down from the position. He left and... This has gotten to the point where Bobby Kotick himself, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, um, spoke out 
against or spoke out um, basically saying that we we take care of our employees, we respect our employees, anything basically really trying to put some ease into employees. That did not work at all. Um, I believe if we if I recall correctly, um, at the f- the start of August, there was a protest by Activision Blizzard employees who did a walkout um, protesting against the abuse from the company. Now, uh, Richard Clayton, who is a shareholder of Activision, uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, stated, our focus was initially on excessive executive pay on unreasonably rewarding executives for uh, levels of performance that we didn't think warranted the kind of repeat awards that were given out. Now, this is in relation to uh, Bobby Kotick. Um, <laughs> it has been heavily rumoured, and, of course, he is, I believe, in an actual list of one of the highest and overpaid CEOs in America and in the world, where this man has yearly bonuses which can reach up to the hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's just to provide a bit of context on this particular quote. Um, We'd always been cognizant of the fact that there are real issues in the workplace of the video games industry. We've heard for many years about sexual harassment, racial harassment. Uh, We've heard about crunch and the intense difficulty that presents to workers in terms of trying to have any kind of a work-life balance. But up until pretty recently, we knew about the culture of crunch in a vague and general way within the gaming industry. What we really learned from the state of California lawsuit was both that uh, those problems were genuinely acute and severe at Activision Blizzard, Uh, that senior management at the very least had been repeatedly informed and made aware of those serious abusive practices throughout the organization, and it had allowed those practices to go unaddressed for many, many years. So um, shareholders are basically saying we knew a little bit about what had been going on, but not to this extent, and this is very much just the tip of the iceberg of what has happened here because there is a lot to go on. This is just covering a part of it, but there is so much more to this. Um, It's not great and it's disgusting in every single way because this seems to happen more and more in the games industry. Um, Of course, once again, um, this goes without question. If you are, if you are feeling quite, uncomfortable from this conversation um if you are needing to turn off the radio for a few minutes by all means do that um but as well be on blue 1-300-224-636 and kids helpline 1-800-55-1800 um if you are struggling they'll most be they'll be absolutely be able to help you out Um, we're going to be going into our next song and once we come back we will be talking more activision blizzard so uh, coming up is uh, Monster uh, by Hands Like Houses. So um, just as a just as a heads up, this also has a language warning. So just uh, be aware of that. Um, you are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, Tom. And- you just heard Teething by Chakra Effendi, part of our Sweet 16 here on Player One on Sin. You can check that out every week at sin.org.au or on the Sunday Sweet Show. And before we get into the conversation, I would like to remind people that we're going to be continuing our conversation about the drama and culture at Blizzard Activision. If you or anyone you know uh, listening 
may not be in the right headspace to continue this conversation, please feel free to turn off and remember that there are helplines available. Two of those helplines are Beyond Blue at 1300 224 636 and Kids Helpline at 1800 55 1800. And without further ado, I guess I'll jump in and I'll continue with pretty much the conversation that the frat boy behavior within Blizzard is a lot of where this problem uh, has stemmed from. It's almost become, um, quote unquote, a breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women with uh, men openly joking about things like rape and sexual misconduct. There are stories about a quote on quote, quote unquote, Cosby room in which different higher ups, uh, sorry, the Cosby suite even, where different higher ups would essentially groom and take advantage of both female staff and female fans. Obviously, this misconduct was to an extent uh, called out back, back in, this, this happened back in 2013 that this was called out and there was one staff member that was fired. However, it's pretty obvious and it was pretty much explained that that was not the only thing there. And it, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, this is all changing in the way it is. Um, August 11th, for example, different people had left the company. Uh, Diablo 4's game director, Louis Barija, and lead level designer, Jesse McCree, um, both left alongside Jonathan LeCraft. Uh, following, following that, more people dropped in and out of Blizzard Activision, leaving both based on um, uh, accusations put against them and leaving because they do not want to be part of a company that has seemingly got uh, huge problems with corruption and frapway rock star lifestyle. Um, but I think... This is larger than just Blizzard. It is larger than just Activision, and it really bleeds into the entirety of the gaming universe. If you haven't already, I suggest, uh, if of course, if you're in the right mindset to do so, uh, check out a, a Kotaku article by the name of What Really Happened at That BlizzCon Panel, according to the woman in the video. Um, in this video, you see a pretty stark and almost damning piece of evidence as to how bad the video game culture can be. Uh, a woman walks up to the question stand, asks about the possibility of female characters being given more clothing and not looking like they've walked out of, uh, and I quote, a Victoria's Secret catalogue, to which the entire crowd behind her at BlizzCon 2010 started to boo. And then the panellists who were built of um, people from Blizzard who'd worked on Warcraft um, started to make fun of the question and tear her apart. So this is something that's not just at the highest level, it is at the lowest level. Uh, we see it with Twitch. We talked last week about Twitch's um, uh, community and how that kind of stuff is so ingrained in the community. And I want to say pretty simply, because I'm running out of time here, that um, this kind of change and the change we want to see in the video game industry starts with everyone. Uh, if you play a video game, you have a role to play. If you see this kind of conduct, whether it's a friend or someone random on the internet um, who might make something that be they meant to be a joke or something like that, call them out on that. Tell them it's wrong and they'll either take that into note or they'll go educate themselves and fix that problem. Before we hand off, though, I thought 
one way to brighten the mood a little bit at the end of this would be to highlight some great things within the video game uh, industry and highlight some of the good things that people have done because it's not just the video game industry isn't just this terrible, terrible breeding ground of terrible people. Instead, we do have some lovely human beings. Um, and I, you know, I'll go last on this, but and Connor, do you have any examples of anyone in the industry that you might like to highlight, whether it be a charity drive or anything like that, who has done something worthy of mention in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my shout out goes to James Stephanie Sterling. Um, of course, a uh, YouTuber and a huge activist for trans rights. Um, they are amazing. They're the ones who are week to week, pardon my French here, um, calling out Activision and Ubisoft's bullshit, despite all the uh, negative and trans and like anti-trans comments thrown at them. They're still going to keep going, and I'm just a huge fan of them and I don't ever want them to give up because they're amazing in every single way. They're the ones that are calling out the industry for its nonsense. And they're the ones that are wanting to see major change in the industry in a major way. So hell yeah. James, Stephanie Sterling all the way for me. Definitely check them out. If you haven't, Nathan, do you have anyone within the industry that you would like to highlight? Um, honestly, I don't know much about this, but I do know games don't quit. There are, they do like speed runs and um, they, um, uh, they fundraise for charity. Don't like do a massive thing of speed runs. I think it's pretty cool. Yes, they do. Yeah. By, uh, I believe it's by yearly GDQ games done quick. As you said, it's just a bunch of speed runners will sit down and speed run a bunch of games and they raise money. Uh, for heaps of charities. The main one usually is the charity uh, Doctors Without Borders. Um, so definitely check that out when it comes around. It's on YouTube if you haven't already checked it out. It, it's it's fun and you're supporting a great, great cause. Uh, and I personally wanted to highlight um, two different people uh, or groups even that have done amazing things, both YouTube groups uh, or, or Twitch groups for that matter, uh, who have raised heaps of money for um, video gaming and uh, under the video game uh, name. Those being the Yogscast and their yearly Jingle Jam, where they stream 24-7 uh, from uh, December 1st on to December 26th. And in 11 uh, since 2011, they have raised uh, $20 million for different charities. Um, and it's worth checking out whether you like them or not. And the other one I want to highlight is Scott the Woz, who very recently actually did a lovely charity uh, charity drive, and I believe Rose uh, Rose raised about two million dollars for charity, uh, selling limited uh, limited edition t shirts and so on. So props to them. Uh, and with that, we're going to go into our next song. And I thought let's go into a relaxing song by someone who that was "Boy" by Keta Levansky. Um- and that was from the Sin's Sweet 16 playlist. You're listening to Player One on Sin. Right now we're talking about uh, should mod and fan game makers make money? So I think, um, like, I think it's fine for them to make money off of, like, Patreon and stuff like that. But, like, I'm, like, I'm not sure whether I'd pay for a mod, personally. I... I don't know. Like, granted, 
I'm a console player. I don't have the PC mindset. So for me, if I want any extra bit of content that isn't a free download, I've got to pay for it to begin with. So I could be wrong in this opinion. So please do correct me. Is it because mods, for the most part, have been free for a very long time? Um, it's that why that. people are really like, no, I don't want to pay for my mods. <laughs> I think it's that, but also like um, when you get a mod, you don't really get as much like, you know, technical support and stuff like that as you do if you just have the base game, I guess. In, in fairness, I... every in fairness, you're, pay, you're taking that risk anytime you pay, you pay, pay for any AAA game at this rate. <laughs> I... I would argue differently. I would argue with a mod because the community is often smaller. Um, the mod makers, in my experience, will often be much more responsive to technical support. For example, if someone's having an issue with, um, you know, there's a bug at position A at B time, um, the mod maker will usually be very receptive to that because they want to make the best they can. Hmm. Uh, and I think to the question of whether or not they should make money, it's a toughie because it depends. There is the argument of they don't technically hold the license for a lot of the things they are using and making mods for. However, they are often um, a lot of more popular mods are often taken um, and put into the game. I look at Minecraft as a horrible, as an example of that. Maybe not horrible, but as an example of a company that will look at mods that and Minecraft's maybe the um, the you know. The breeding ground of mods nowadays and it was for the last 10 years or so um they look at that and every now and then you see something from one of these mods whether it be an animal mod or something like that will slowly make its way into the base game as something that's normal and you see this in other games as well um and i think you know it essentially should be paid for to an extent i think kind of what skyrim did with its nexus mods was a good idea um obviously it wasn't handled perfectly, but, you know, support for these mod makers and people who are putting effort into the game to improve your game in ways that often a lot of people just aren't willing to do and offer a brand new experience for a lot of games. I think um, Connor's right. It is a bit of culture. Uh, you know, there's a culture around this, like, oh, it's a single person who made it. Oh, you know, there's a little like build quality issue, but that culture is what, is part of like a lot of issues in gaming. And I think trying mm -hmm. to shift that is important so that we get an understanding of, you know, when people put in work and learn like a craft such as coding, be that like also animating and all the art that's involved with making a game, you know, it's, it's unfair for us to just say, no, you know, you made this project and it should be free. Now, sure, you know, maybe if you get a mod that makes it so that the pages in a book flip properly or like the animation <laughs> changes slightly, you, you don't want to pay for that. But understanding how we can support these communities is probably important. Like uh, Nathan said, I don't, that he doesn't want to pay for a Patreon, you know, and I, I really support modders who will make a lot of free content, but will have their Patreon um, out there. And I actually... I actually said it's fine for Patreon. It's just I'm not sure if I'd no. Pay, that's what I meant. Like, like you don't want to. I'd go through a payroll. No, I'm fine with paying for Patreon. Oh. I just I went. I'm not sure if I'd actually pay for a mod before playing it. I guess. Okay, I am um, as well. Like it's just I think at that point, like how do you measure 
a mod and its value. And I think it's, it should really be up to the developer, right? Some mods, like I can think of uh, Skyrim Beyond, like Bruma, that built an entire city and are trying to aim to build the entirety of Cyrodiil from the uh, Oblivion game into Skyrim. Like that's a that's almost an entire game's worth of content right there. You know, that's not necessarily something you should be like, cheers for that. Okay, I'll just put it in my downloads folder. Yeah, you know? agreed. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, the, the argument's difficult, but it should and always should be in the favor of those people who are like involved and impacted by it. You know, the people who can make money and the people who we like rely and depend upon are the people we should be supporting the most. I think it's also worth mentioning that some of the best indie games of the last 10 years uh, came from, you know, singular people who started their career making fan games or mods. I look at Toby Fox and Undertale as a great example. He started with a um, with an Earthbound uh, fan game and then created one of the most successful games of the last 10 years, especially definitely with indie games uh, in Undertale. And, you know, if we support, as Tom said, if you support these people, they will do better things and they will get up there. I look at also Sonic the Hedgehog had similar with uh, Christian Whitehead who was doing fan games and then got hired by Sega and was the lead developer behind one of the best Sega games, best Sonic games I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean... You know, mods are an important part of gaming culture, so let's support them, right? Definitely, definitely. And something else we can definitely support is our next song. Uh, speaking of indie, this is actually by... Heard was... It's by Bad Turner, and it's a part of Sin Suite 16. If you want to actually figure out how it's spelt and pronounced, you can find it on sin.org.au. It's part of the Sunday Suites playlist as well. That plays on Sunday, 12 o'clock. Okay, listen, I know what you're thinking. It's player one on Sin. Of course, right? We all get it. But what you might not get is that we have loads of extra content. We have stuff that you can find on our Instagram and our Twitter, which is at player one Sin. As well, we have YouTube content now, which is player one as well. And player one on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify for all our old shows, all the old great content. Well, speaking of great content... It's play one on Sin. That means we have more radio show to do. Of course, that radio show consists of myself, Tom. We also have Jacob here in the studio, as well as Connor and Nathan. It's a great show we got planned. We have some little Pokemon Nuzlocke fun. We're also going to talk a little bit about Martin Luther King Jr. in Fortnite. What's that all about? As well, there's a cool interview with Howard Scott Warshaw. You might be wondering, now, Tom, I don't know who that is. Well... If you were back living it up in the Atari age, you may have played a little game called E.T. Howard Scott Warshaw is the man responsible for that. Now, of course, we have been talking a lot about some heavy stuff here on the show. And if you ever need help, you can call Beyond Blue at 1-300-224-636, as well as the Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800. Of course, to keep us moving, we have some songs which are circles by Post Malone. And then after that, we have Skinny Dipped by Banks. That's as well a part of Sin Sweet 16. You know where to check that out here on Player One. Hi, my name is Jacob. You may know me as Player One's executive producer, or you may know me as that one guy who knows Pokemon a little bit too well. I recently decided I was going to test that knowledge and really throw myself into the deep end and do a Nuzlocke and keep people up to date on how I do and the story behind it. Now, I'm sure you guys are wondering, what is a Nuzlocke? Simple. It's Pokemon, but hard. 
a couple simple rules completely change how you approach and play the game. What are those rules? Well, rule number one. If a Pokemon faints, it is considered dead and must be released. That thing is buried, gone, goodbye my friend. Number two. All Pokemon must be nicknamed. This makes you more attached to each Pokemon you catch. Just think about it. Losing Geodude the Geodude doesn't hurt as much as losing Craig the Geodude. Rule number three. You can only catch the first Pokemon on each route. So if you find some magical, rare, special, golden ticket Pokemon, but before that you found some boring pink cat. Well, too bad. Number four. If you lose, it means you lose. It means that you suck. It means that you were a loser, and it means that people will laugh at you. And rule number five, just because I decided to make it harder on myself, I'm not going to be using any items in battle, just like they do in the Pokemon anime, because I wanted to be stupid. Well, without further ado, here is my adventure. We pick up right where we left off. We had just defeated Flannery, the Fire-type Gym Leader, to receive the Heat Badge, our fourth Gym Badge. And, you know what, I'm feeling fairly good about what we have left. Right? We fix up our team as much as we can, and we head out. Now, as we head out, we get given some goggles from our old friend Brendan. These goggles allow us to go into the desert. While we're in the desert, we can find a couple new Pokemon. While there, I found a Cacnea called Oasis, and I also found a Trapinch that we proceeded to call Pinchy in the Mirage Tower. We climbed to the top of the tower, struggling as we went to try and bike over these cracks in the ground, which was really strange. When we got to the top, we found some fossils. We picked up the claw fossil. After this, we made our way out of the desert and back to Rusboro City. Stopped by the Stone Corporation, I think that's the name, I could be wrong. And there we got our fossil revived. We now have Earwig the Anorith on the team. Now, with what I was looking at going, oh, this is actually a pretty promising team. We made our way back to Petalburg Gym. It's time to find and fight our father, Norman. He is the normal type gym leader and a very difficult one, if I remember correctly, because the slacking that he has, yes, it's very easy to cheese and find a way to beat it easily, but it's also very easy to get caught up in. And then you're all of a sudden in a lot of trouble because slacking hits like a truck. Now, I trained up. Our team consisted of Wine the Gyarados, consisted of Zingabox the Combuscan, Drac the Golbat, Eeyore the Camarot, Oasis the Cacturn, and Chad the Macho. We felt fairly confident going in because this was the first time that our team looked somewhat threatening and we had not a perfect, you know, set of uh, weaknesses and resistance, but we had a decent one. I walked into that gym, and I'll be real, it was pretty easy to get through a lot of these trainers. A lot of the trainers that we had, fairly easy. And one of the things I remember playing through this game and finding out was those battles were really difficult, simply because, you know, some of them have really scary moves and really scary sets to work with. We got through it with barely any uh, issue, so props to us. We then got to Norman. Here's where it gets fun, our gym battle. Now, we actually took out quite a lot of stuff. We were able to bomb through 
just about everything he had with Chad, our Marchoke. But, unfortunately, we did have a death in this gym. Chad, our Marchoke, he got us through a fair bit, to be honest, had actually passed away in this fight. Slacking knocked him out, hit him really hard, and he fell. However, we had Pokemon that were able to pick up the Slack, such as Zingabox, who gave it a one-two combo punch, and down it went. Honestly, we got through Norman's battle with almost no difficulty, and that surprised me a lot, because Norman, I remember as a kid, being a very, very difficult battle. And this little section between the 4th and 5th gym is such a short section uh, that it made me really scared that we weren't going to have the team to get through him. However, we were good enough to get through him. We laid Chad to bed and we moved forward. But to see how we moved forward, you will have to tune in to next week's episode where I will travel all the way to Winona to get our 6th gym badge. And look, uh, admittedly, as of recording this, I have not gotten there just yet. I am playing this week to week as these episodes come out, and the scary part about this is I already know that this is going to be exciting because there was something that happened that was pretty cool. No spoilers, you'll see it in next week's episode. Here is the Pokemon opening from Season 5. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. You just heard two amazing songs. They were Assignment, sorry, Assignment Song. By Scruff Puppy, that's a fun name. On Sweet Six on Sunday, I'm gonna just start that again. <laughs> Three, two. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. You just heard two amazing songs. They were Assignment Song by Scruff Puppy. What a really fun name! Part of uh, Sin's Sweet Sixteen. You can check that out every week at Sunday on the Sunday Sweet Show at noon, or you can check it out at sin.org.au where you may just find your new favorite song. And before that was the Pokemon Season 5 opening for Week 5 of my Nuzlocke series. And we're going to move forward to something that, I'll be real, when I saw this headline, I was very confused and I thought it was someone taking the mickey. We have Martin Luther King Jr. in Fortnite. In the creative mode of Fortnite, just for context, um... There is a special event that is working together with the Time magazine um, to highlight uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and what he did for the world. Obviously, an extremely, um, extremely uh, massive figure in um, human rights. Uh, so it's, it's a massive thing to see. But I wanted to ask the team here, do we think this is good or do we think that this is bad? How do we feel about now, Fortnite doing this? I know that Connor and Nathan probably have a different opinion from me. So I'm just going to say, yes, I think it's good. There are some side notes, but I, I'm just going to insert that there before they go in to speak and you have the floor. Oh, no, Tom, you got a perfectly valid, like perfectly valid opinion. I don't really know how to think about this because I'm still trying to wrap my head around it to an extent. Um, yeah, this is, I, when I, like, I had seen this news before we jumped on, and at the time, I was like, what? <laughs> Just as like a, 
all right, what's happening here? And I'm still like trying to process it. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's, I think it's cool that we're like, they've decided to put the Martin Luther King. I have a dream speech in Fortnite in like, was it like a viewing party kind of thing? It's like a like, big that's cool. theater block. There's like, a, ah, it's a, there's, a re- okay. yeah. there's like a recreation of the, I believe the Washington monument and the place where the speech actually yeah. happened. Oh, okay. hmm. But it's on a big screen sort of thing. It's, it's, it's strange. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, th- I think as well, it's worth pointing out that maybe for us in a slightly older audience, um, we're, we're very much aware of who Martin Luther King Jr. is. Um, even if you're not overly educated in um, what he did, you have a very basic idea of who he is. Whereas younger children um, of you know the age bracket of like 10 to 13 may, or even younger than that for that, mat- that, that matter, may not have that knowledge and may not be aware of um, the effect of that speech and how important it was. Uh, for example, my brother actually, who is actually 13, I asked him when I saw this if he knew who Martin Luther King Jr. was. And he pretty much didn't know anything, which was a little bit strange for me, but it kind of justifies for me having Fortnite touch on historical events and other games, you know, guarded towards kids touching on these events and helping educate people where they can, especially at a young age. However, the part that this becomes a little bit more shaky on is it being surrealist as well, I would say. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But part part of this is like, okay, one of the articles I've got for reference for the team under the, um, in the run sheet is, one where they talk about emotion, uh, emoticons and any form of dancing or yeah. dan- doing whatever They'll being fall, uh, fall under after in. the fact. And the thing with that is, is this is a touchy subject. This is a very sensitive subject for a lot of people because of its importance. And unfortunately, I do think that it is falling to a bunch of children who oh, don't you... understand how important this is. I'm sorry, Jake, if you've missed something too. Something extremely important that you've missed. And oh. I, I, okay, so yes, Fortnite has banned uh, emotes from being used in the thing. They've disabled emotes. It's, it's a bit late, um, you know, but this is a great platform for kids to learn, especially in COVID around the world, you know, in lockdown. This is publicly accessible <laughs> for kids. This is a project that has been worked upon by people who are fairly in the know on what this is important. However, Fortnite is a massive collaboration uh, between massive businesses. And one of them is Warner Brothers Studio who released some skin packs for the game. And when you have your characters and your franchises and you have some new rules and it's like, okay, well, if you have Catwoman in, you know, you can't disable her emote. Now, Catwoman is particularly known for having a weapon that is... Uh, a whip and I'm not liking where this is going under contractual obligation Epic has been unable to disable only one emote and it is a whip emote oh that's yeah so this is why this is why I kind of think this is in very bad taste and like the intense there and honestly to to pick who to blame is 
I would honestly say Warner Brothers Studio. Oh, yeah, yeah Warner Brothers should back down. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, okay, we understand totally. And honestly, I think we'll see some news in the coming days, even possibly as this has gone live, uh, because it's been memed to the highest levels possible since this has come out. And yeah, Epic, great in recognizing that their platform is mostly children and that this is a perfect way to help educate people who would possibly never know anything or especially until they got older and a lot of people who play Fortnite have been using this experience to learn about what who martin luther king was and what the civil rights movement was for the people of america however the cat the cat woman thing <laughs> yeah um obviously if you uh have seen someone do that please call them out on that that is not okay um for very very obvious reasons but you know, hit us up on our socials. Tell us if you'd like to see more children, uh, children's games and more games guarded towards children doing things like this and educating on big civil rights movements or big moments in history that feel like they should be taught for all generations. But while you think about whether or not th- this should happen, we're going to go into a song that, you know, one of my favorite songs. And that was This Kind of Day by Mild Orange from the Sweet 16 playlist here on Sin. Go check it out, Sunday Sweets, 12 p.m. every Sunday, Arvo. And before that, you heard Misery Business by Paramore. And if there's anything more than I love, then an, I, I, love, I love a mild orange. I love the taste of a mild orange. But you know what I don't love more than a mild orange? The fact that we have to close out the show today. Um, it's, it's come to that time. Got to turn that open sign to closed. Uh, as I look at my watch, my imaginary watch, it's getting close to uh, 11 p.m. And uh, boy, it's been a roller coaster of a ride. The highest of highs, the lowest of lows. But one thing that will always remain consistent is where you can find us. Go check us out on the Instagrams and the Twitters at Player One Sin. And as well, the podcast realm at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Omni, all those fantastic places. Go check out the Howard Scott Warshaw interview. It's going to be amazing. I had so much fun with it alongside Nathan. Nathan, didn't we have fun with that one? Yeah, it was really interesting. Damn right. It is a roller coaster. And, of course, we have YouTube content. YouTube. Jacob, throw up a link. Uh, uh, Here it is. That's okay, Jacob. (laughs) Thanks for that. All right. And as well, listen, I've had to reach out. So as, as everyone knows, I was a producer last year and I had to, I had, I've been wanting to get, we've been wanting to get some, some cool stuff in. I've been reaching out to a few old friends of mine. Ooh. Ooh. You know, they're, they're pretty notable. And Ooh. I don't know, maybe, maybe someday, someday some player one news gatherers uh, could, could, doesn't mean it will, could return, but. Maybe, maybe maybe even more than that. We may have previous hosts. We may have hosts from other shows. Yeah. We may have special things coming in the uh, woodwork. Listen. But, 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 but listen, don't don't say you heard that from us. We yeah, didn't tell you anything. Down low. Don't, don't yeah, tell anyone. Yeah. And if anyone asks, we didn't tell you. I don't and want to see this on Sin's website. No, not at all. Not uh, by the way, go and by the way, uh, go check out sin.org.au because guess what? We're we're getting uh, to the near end of season three, guys. So that means season four is coming up soon, and of course, with a new season means new people. And if you're wanting to be one of those new people and want to 
hang out with us, the cool kids, uh, the best show on scene without question, player one. Best show oh. on the airwaves without oh, question. My God, you beat me right to it. Go check it out. Send on old.au, you know, find a little, find a little place, sign uh, up. I, I should mention before, before we move on, like, if you want to be a part of this group, you don't have to necessarily be on, on no. the mic. You don't have to talk. We are very much looking for people who want to write, review, create, just be a part of this community. If you want to come join the Player One family, Connor, where can they go? Uh, go to send.org.au. That's where they can go. And, of course, we're going to be closing out the show. So, gentlemen, any final words before we uh, close the chapter on week nine? Pomegranate. Uh, oh. Good man. Good man. Can you spell that? (laughs) Uh, No. Well, there's our word for the week. If you can spell pomegranate, please message us on Player One. You will win a prize. (laughs) You will get a shout out. You know, there's a promise. If you can spell pomegranate, you get a shout out for us. Um, But of course, yeah, as as Connor said before, we touched on some pretty heavy things. If you feel like you need uh, to talk to someone or see any form of um, assistance, please feel free to call the helplines Beyond Blue at 1300 224 and Kids Helpline at 1800-55-1800. Other than that, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed the show and I'll see you next week.